Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanted to let you know about a few things going on around here. A lovely sale to benefit our frontline healthcare workers is still going strong. At the time of this recording, there are beautiful options left for every single size. Yes, I carry two through 24. And you now have the option to shop by size. Browse only the styles in stock in your size so it makes everything really simple. Shop 40% off and I'll donate 19% of your purchase to get PPE to our frontline healthcare workers by using code LOVELYPPE at impactfashionnyc.com. On the site, you'll also find a whole new range of activities you can do with or without the whole family, some of which are even free, all of which are high fashion. Find those by going to the activities tab at impactfashionnyc.com. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with a singer-songwriter about how her career got off the ground, what it's really like to be an independent artist in the Orthodox community, and the boundaries she sets around her work. first met Nahama Cohen, virtually of course, I immediately got the sense that she has a beautiful soul. I also felt like I already knew the things that are truly important to her. If you're a fan like me, you know exactly what I mean. Her songs are truthful in that way. I couldn't pass up the opportunity to hear more about her unconventional career. What I was like as a little kid, I think I was like one of those daydreamer kind of kids, sitting on the couch, staring out the window, watching the birds. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think I daydreamed a lot. I had a big imagination. Um, what else? In what way? Just, did you realize it's like, I don't think that, I think that a lot of kids are daydreamers, but I don't think that they realize that that's what they're doing, that they're just kind of spacing out and just using their imagination in a totally different way. Did you realize that you were like thinking differently than most kids? I think I did. I think I did. Um, I think that I felt that in conversations and in interactions, like just with my friends, family, I always felt like I had, there was something in me that was like extra dreamy <laughs> that was like not necessarily how other people thought. Did, did people like, did, were your parents okay with that? Like, did they foster that in you or was it just like something that people ignored? Um, really in between. I mean, it was just, it, it kind of like was what it was. I don't know if there's any specific and no specific like memory of how that played out just like that I just remember that being the way I was right just that's just the way that you look at the world it's just your own way yeah that's mm -hmm. awesome can you tell everyone what it is that you do now okay so I uh record uh, my own original music and perform all over the world really um I write my own songs and um yeah, I really just love to share my music and perform and connect in that way. Okay, backing up. How, when, so, so when did you start recording? When did you start writing your own songs? When did you start, have you, did you always love to sing? I have so many questions because this is like, <laughs> I think that like when people think about just like things that people aren't really supposed to do, like things that don't 
work usually it's like i'm gonna be an actor i'm gonna be a performer i'm gonna be right. a fashion designer and everyone's like, like no. those are the right and those are the things that people are like that those don't work and i already do one of them and now i want i love talking to someone else who's doing something else completely crazy right so t- <laughs> yeah. talk me through it how'd you get into music yeah so I, as i've as i've been saying i've always been a big dreamer and i think this was part of it i i as a kid i just loved singing i can't even remember when when I didn't sing, like I would just always sing and I would just, I started harmonizing and not really knowing what that was and just figuring out, you know, how, how to sing and how to write. I started playing around on instruments and just, um, as I started writing songs, um, I was like, okay, I need to share this. Like, I want to, I want, I want to talk to someone. I want someone to feel the same way that I feel and to know that they're not alone in these in these feelings and in these like creative expressions. Um, And so when I was in high school, I basically just like went on Google, did a little search and (laughs) tried to figure out like music, you know, how to become a singer, how to record in New Jersey, how to, how, how do you get a producer? Like, how do these things work? Like I was just trying to figure out what do you do to make these kinds of things happen? Um, And I, I I haven't really seen anybody doing that, um, especially in my, community so I was just like okay I could be the first one I guess and I'll figure it out <laughs> and um yeah it's basically how I started and now it's like I don't know 15 years later from then 13 14 I'm not sure yeah we don't do fast math here we're not a fan <laughs> we, we try to avoid numbers how did you know that you were a good singer like how did you know that it was something that you could even do I feel like that's something that no one ever asked me before. Um, I like that. How did I know? I mean, in a way, I still don't know. And and in a way, I think I always just knew. It's like something that I felt so strongly that I just love. It's It feels so, it feels like a piece of me. I was trying to explain to a friend I remember in high school. And she's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is a little bit bold. Um, and I was like, I- I'm trying to explain to you, like, this is, this is a piece of me. This is who I am. Like, I don't want to say that it's the entirety of who I am. I'm a person with, you know, a lot of different aspects, but just singing and creating and writing music and performing, like it feels so, feels like I was meant to do this. Like it feels so natural to me. And like, this is the way it needs to be. So I just have to, it's, I just felt so compelled to. Um, so yeah, how did I know that I can sing. I also did some things when I was younger, like I was in community um, choir stuff or like fundraisers and just random things where at a young age, people would tell me, oh, wow, you have such a nice voice. You have a beautiful voice. And I was in like little school plays and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, I just, I just felt it really. It was mostly a feeling, not even necessarily like anything in reality. There were a few indications like school plays and stuff like that, but um, yeah, just that like overwhelming feeling like this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is what I want to do. Right. This, this is where I'm meant to be like up here on the stage just makes sense. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. I totally get that. When after, so after those initial Google searches where it was like, how do you record in Jersey? Which by the way, I just want to put this out in the world. That is how anyone who has any kind of career has figured it out. Everyone's like, how do you know how to do like Photoshop and editing and, and design things? And I'm like, well, Photoshop and editing, I learned from 
Google design things. <laughs> you like teach yourself on YouTube. Like that's literally, yep. it's, it's that YouTube, easy to access. YouTube is one of my best friends for yeah, sure. For sure. It, for sure. It's like that, that is the best way to access so much information and take advantage of mm-hmm. that. So after yeah. those initial Google YouTube searches, how did you start, how do you go about making an album? How did you go about um, getting, pulling all of that together? So I was in touch with a couple of different people and I actually recorded um, a couple of things, a couple of tracks at a studio that I didn't end up ever like finishing up and releasing and putting out, Um, but which is okay. It's like trial and error. It's okay that, you know, the first person you go to doesn't have to be the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I basically just sent out some emails, got some feedback about like how the process works. I was a little bit confused, but they tried to explain, you know, when someone's in like a a certain field and to them, everything's obvious. So they'll write back like, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, what? What are are the, what do these words mean? Yeah. So I was just like, I'm not really sure, but I just kept rereading the emails and just trying to figure out like, what are they saying? And then I'm like, okay, so it it sounds like you have to hire musicians and get them in the studio and then you have to pay them per hour. And then it was just like trying to figure out how it works, who comes up with the idea of like what music goes where. I mean, it was just like trying to understand what to do from there. So after a bunch of emails back and forth and um, deciding that I'm just going to try out this one song with the producer that actually produced my album, Jake Antelis, um, I decided to try that one song and I went to the studio and and we got the musicians and everything played out it was a new fascinating process and once it once that song was done I was like okay that this is it this is where I'm doing my album and the process went a little smoother from there on out but the first song was like learning how it works what was that first song that first song was the first song on my album which is track one how to be your friend um, and I actually kept it as the first song because to me, that's the first song. <laughs> that's right. the first song of like leading into the album and the whole process. That's really great. So when you, when you, so you, you decide who it is that you, who it is that you're going to use and you mentioned musicians and, and hiring them and paying by the hour and, and all of that, is it up to you personally to fund all of that? Cause I can imagine that that adds up pretty quick. Yeah. So good question. Um, because I have no, I'm not like hooked up with an organization or, or some, any kind of funding. I mean, I'm an independent artist um, and especially doing something in like doing music in a community like mine is not something that's as acceptable and as like common and, and the resources are not really there. There's no real like way and process to do things. So for me, I'm just like, okay, how much does it cost? let me figure out how I'm going to make this happen. And I mean, I've been working since I was 16. And part of the reason is to, was just to be able to make money to pay for all these, you know, for all the studio fees and for everything that it, that it was going to take. And um, yeah, I funded the whole thing myself and continuously do that. And it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's very costly but it's something, it's my passion. It's something that I want to do. And I wasn't going to let anything stop me. That's great. You mentioned the community that you're in a few times, and I want to touch on that for a little bit. Um, There are plenty of people, um, and we should mention that like me, you are part of the Orthodox Jewish community. Um, There are plenty of people who would consider what you do immodest um, or provocative or somehow other 
Sinley, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that you can hear the eye roll in my voice right now. Yeah, um, they don't see me smiling, <laughs> but I'm smiling. I can tell that you really like this question, so I'm just going to let you <laughs> take it from here. Yeah. Okay. So I've gotten quite a lot of feedback in the beginning when I was trying to do it and people would say like, yeah, exactly what you said. That's not modest. It's not a place for a Jewish woman to be on the stage, to be in the spotlight, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I hear it and I hear the value behind it, but it's not something that I really bought into in the sense that that's the reason I should not be like pursuing my creative passions and dreams. Um, and I think what people maybe um, didn't really see, they didn't really see what it would do for people. They didn't really see the beauty in it. And it's something that they were unfamiliar with and they didn't really have experience seeing um, religious Jewish women in the spotlight in these kinds of positions. And so it was new for them. And I, I just really had a strong belief that I can do it and do it well in a way that's true to my values and people will come to see that it is a good thing. And I think that like a lot of people who originally, you know, doubted me or told me that it wasn't a good idea, I think a lot of them, pretty much most of them like came full circle and really, really came to appreciate like that I took this step. So um, I hear it and I definitely experienced some of that pushback. Um, but yeah, just didn't align with what I believe to be true and that that should be something that stops me from, from doing this. And so I went ahead anyway. Good for you. Is there any way that you modify your performance or you approach your career differently to take into account your values? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I definitely, I mean, dressing modestly um, and really just, I think holding a presence of like, I'm here to connect and to inspire and to be, um, you know, someone that shares her heart and soul and not as like, here, look at me, I'm, I'm here to get your attention in other ways that might not be for the, the pure reason of itself. And I think that I see that in the world so much and it bothers me because like, it, regardless of what your values are, I think that sometimes music, you know, and, and, and artists, they can perform and sing and, and do their careers or play out their careers in a way that seems to really take away from their talent and from what they're actually trying to share because they're too busy focusing on things that to me detract from the, the beauty of what they're, of what they're putting out there. Um, because sometimes the focus becomes not about the music. And I, and I have this feeling sometimes like you're so talented, you're so, you have such a beautiful voice and such soul and such heart, and you're just not using that to your advantage. You're, you're using other things to get, you know, people's attention and approval. And I get it. Um, I just think there's something really beautiful about sticking to the core of, of what you're trying to do. Right. Of, of taking, you know, of focusing on that, which is really your talent and, and like this God given gift and how that should be shared with the world. And you're right. When you have a, sometimes, I, I mean, I get the, 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 the benefit of like high production value and I love a big sparkly yeah. show as much yeah. as the next girl yeah. but you still mm -hmm. want to have you know I think that that's part of why people love your music so much is because it is that really pure distilled feeling of just like this is how can we help each other how can we connect to each other and, th and right. those are Thank always you. the most powerful yeah songs. and I think that high production value and and like the glittery stuff that's all good and I think that like 
that beauty and the fashion and all that is is good and that shouldn't be taken away but just to not to the extent where it overpowers like the you know the music where the music becomes like a side note you get what i'm saying right. so it's not it's not that high production value and all these you know different ways of presenting and performing are amazing and i think there's so much fun and there's so much creativity in that too but like doing that to the point where you take away from the actual main thing that's where and everyone has a different you know i'm sure a different idea of what that means but um to me that's something that i try to stay focused on like it's good to do music videos and fun things and make performances like beautiful and fun and, and high quality but don't you know stay focused on the on the on the main of it you know right which is i think brings us into your songwriting because your songs are very they do really dial into that like they are these really kind of emotionally invested but also plenty of them are just like light and fun and and great melodies and all of that so how important is it to you to get the emotion through in in a song and how do you go about doing that so the emotion is everything to me as you as you're saying um I think that when I write, I, I think original, okay, so there's, there's a few different things. So when I started writing, I was probably like 12, 13. So when I'm writing, I'm, even though I dreamt of being a singer, I didn't necessarily write to perform or write knowing that this is going to be, you know, put out. So it was a very different feeling. And actually growing through that process of writing now is something that I took a journey with and like, you know, had to figure out how to write knowing that this might be shared or that this probably will be shared or for sure will be shared. So um, my process of writing changed a lot, but I think initially the way I, I'm just a very honest person. So when I write, I'm just like, this is it. <laughs> this is the truth. This is what I feel. Um, you know, take it or leave it. I hope you take it. <laughs> but if you leave it, you leave it. And that's just really the emotion I want to just put in the song is, is, is natural. It's just like, this is how I feel. Um, and it's very, very important to me. And when people say that they connect emotionally to the music, I think that's like the most, that's the best compliment for me. Cause you know, I want it to be good music and I want it to be high quality and, and I work hard on, on those aspects as well. But like having someone connect to it is, is the main reason that I have that drive to share it. So that's the most important to me. Yeah. That, this makes perfect sense to me. I'm as you're talking and I'm thinking about my own creative process and how things that I do, how that tracks. And we started at similar ages. You were 12, 13, I was 10. And then it's like sharing it and not sharing wow. it. And how do you design differently for those? And how do you write differently? Like all of that, it tracks. And it's so fascinating to me how the creative process is so independent of the medium. It's so it's, it doesn't yeah. matter what you're making. Like everyone has their skill set of what it is that they're producing and putting it's out. It's so, so true. Yeah. But it's, and like, and I've had these same conversations with, with food bloggers who develop recipes and with <laughs> you as a musician and with people who do all sorts of different things. And it's, and it's always so great. You mentioned yeah. um, some unreleased tracks and uh, you know, how writing for something that may be shared or may not be shared. Do you write differently when you know that it's, gonna stay private when I know for sure it will stay private yeah um yeah I mean there's a few songs that I wrote like intentionally that for sure would stay private but I think the only difference really I found with what happens is that I feel free to like maybe use words I wouldn't use in public or maybe just like ideas that I wouldn't feel as comfortable sharing, but really the process stays the same. Like the songs are very similar to the songs that are 
you know, are released, they're just, there's something about it that I want to keep private. There's something about it that's just like, you know, not necessarily am I ready to share that and for whatever reason. And it could be because I'm not ready to share it or be, it, it could be because that's a boundary of mine. Like that's not something I really want to share. And so I write music for myself it's always for myself, but there's some that it's just like, I have that barrier where it's like, this is just for me, but they're really the process and, and the way they're written and the style, like they're really very, very, very similar. Has it ever happened that something that you wrote intending for it to be private, you then made the decision to release it or vice versa for something that you were going to release? You were like, mm, nope, this one's, we're holding on to this one. <laughs> yeah. So definitely the holding on to this one, I feel like it's happened, but I can't place it. But the other way around, for sure. I think that happened with my single edge of prayer. There wasn't something, there, there wasn't a reason that like, I didn't want to release it, but it was just a feeling like, I don't know, this is just my song. I don't, I, I was, I didn't have any plans for it. And then I sang it to a group of friends and they were like, you need to release this. And that, so that's one story I remember. And then just the song, um, the song, my most recent single, I Still Have You, that that was a big one for me because that I did not think I would, I would ever release. Like I wrote it on my back porch, just, you know, chilling, not thinking that this is ever going to go anywhere. And the reason I decided to put it out was just because it, I felt like that the emotion and everything that I captured in the song was something that people needed to hear and needed to feel comforted by so I think that the reason to put the the reason I decided to release it was because I decided it's a message that needs to be shared but originally when I wrote it I was it was definitely just for me yeah that, and that's a great song I still have you I think is among my favorites of of what it is that it's just a good it's like just a good song and then and it's one of those songs that you you love it because of the tune and the melody and and how it's just fun to sing along to and then and then you go back and you like I don't know if you've ever had this, but then you like actually read the words that you're singing and you're like, oh, that's what that's about. And I yeah. definitely have that with I Still Have You. As, oh, um, thank you. Yeah, as, I've had that with other songs as well. Like, yeah, you'll just be singing and then you're like, wait, aha, that's what, that's what we're singing about. <laughs> oh, right. That's what this one means. And there's been a few times where I've had that in the opposite direction where like there's been a song from an artist that I love and I'm just singing whatever and then someone will be like you do know that's about getting high right like you do know that's about right. heroin. And you're like, I was um... like no I didn't know that I missed <laughs> I missed that part my husband makes missed fun of me key, that I'm keywords yeah exactly my husband makes fun of me that I'm awful with lyrics so there have been plenty uh... of times when um oh I have to tell you that you'll appreciate this you know the song Havana Camila Cabello yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay there's a line in the song I the, she in my defense, she mumbles it, but okay. it's, 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 she says something like, um, the actual lyric is Havana Unana. He took me back to East Atlanta. Unana. Okay. I thought that she said Eastern Lerno and that that was a place in Cuba. It's not, it's just, it's not, it's just a made up. It's just something that I heard. I was, I was like, Oh, she took me right. back to Eastern Lerno. That must be in Cuba. Okay. So I'm singing it and I'm having a great time. And, and the first time I had to say that, he's like, what are you, you, that's not, what are you what saying? That's not, that's not what that's it really is. funny because you actually took something that like you made up words in your yes. brain Based, that's, <laughs> usually you, it would be the opposite it would be like you're hearing words and you can't decipher them and you try to make them into like real life words but here you're just full no, on I just assumed that it was 
Yeah, I mean, granted that song has like 10 words in it. So I was like, you would think I would get them right. But no, I couldn't, I couldn't even manage that. That's really funny. So it's not, it's not super surprising to me that, that that was me. Either way, you mentioned, you mentioned boundaries. You know, that's, that's a line that I'm not going to cross. That's something that I'm not going to talk about. How do you, how do you define your boundaries? How do those change over time? What are some things that you will or won't share either through your music, through your social media? Talk me through that process. So that's something that I, I still think I'm, I'm always figuring out. Like there's, there's always a new realization, which like, Hey, maybe this is something I want to keep private. Maybe this is something that I thought I would want to keep private, but I want to share. So I think that that process changes over time. And as a teenager or as, you know, um, in my young twenties and now later on, it's just like everything, the, what I'm feeling, what I'm going through has changed, you know? So like, let's say recently being married, it's like a new decision of what I want to share about my life, about my relationship. Um, so, you know, and thinking about the future, it's like, will I share my kids online? Like it's all these questions come up and it's just like, I think that I'm always looking to reassess that because I think that, um, yeah, just thinking about boundaries at every point in life is important because you have to decide based on who you are and what the circumstances are, you know, what what you feel comfortable sharing and what you want to put out there and for what reason. So if I decided, you know, I'm going to share um, something about my relationship because I think that other people in relationships could really gain something from this and it's part of the way I'm creatively expressing something and I write a paragraph about how I'm feeling so, you know, I would put that in a caption in a post. Um, would I make a whole video about it? Would I share details? Probably not. But it's just, you know, there's, there's different things that at different points I decide this is something that I can put out to connect. And my goal is always to connect. And also, of course, that element of protecting, you know, myself and, and my life to some degree. But, you know, putting yourself out there is always the risk and is always, you know, always has its tests. So. I think I'm just always trying to redefine what these boundaries mean to me. And it's, it's a good question. Yeah. It's always something that I think is important that to take into account for also like what the people around you are, are comfortable with. Like, if, yeah, like, like taking sure. your relationship involves yourself and your husband. So it's what, what is he comfortable with? What are the things that, you know, and that's something to figure out together. And those are always exactly. things that I don't think there's a wrong or a right answer for it. Like if there's so many variables, I know plenty of people who would never show their kids online. Never. Like they would, they would be mortified if that happened. They would immediately be like, delete that photo, take it down. And I know plenty of people who show their kids every day and they don't, and they don't mind it. And it, I don't think right. that there's a right or a wrong way to go about that. It's just a matter of finding what works for you and for the people in your life. Yeah. And I think that's a good point too, because it really matters. I mean, with kids, it gets different. I was talking to my husband about it the other day, because it's just like with kids, they can't make these decisions at that time. But also as a parent, I'm sure you make many decisions for a child. So it's, it's a little bit trickier. It's not the same as like you asking your husband what he's okay with, like, you know, being on social media or being in a YouTube video or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I think that everyone has to decide what works for them and their, you know, family or their situation um, and really just share in a way that is meaningful for them, for the people around them and for the people receiving it. Because, you know, oversharing is a thing too. And it's right. like, not everybody, people, not everyone will really gain from too much oversharing also. So I think that it's tricky and it's a balance to like keep in mind and to, to continuously work on. What do you think some of the ways oversharing is, can be detrimental? 
That's a good question. I'm not sure I have an answer. It's okay. Let me think. Maybe oversharing could be detrimental if if the people receiving it may not be ready to hear it, might be uncomfortable hearing it, but that could be tricky because uncomfortable could be good also. So that's hard. Um, I think, I think it could be detrimental to everyone involved really, you know, oversharing too much that doesn't have maybe, maybe doesn't have a concrete purpose. Maybe it doesn't have like a way for anyone to gain something out of it. It's just plain and simply the person is, is the person sharing is over the, the, what become, what makes it oversharing is that the person is not, it's not a healthy expression. It's more like maybe they should be talking to a therapist about that instead of sharing it with a bunch of people or maybe you know as opposed to like after speaking to a professional sharing like something that they gained or something or some insight so I think that it could look different for a lot of different people and depends you know on what your job is and how you present yourself online like you could you can be a very you know open person online and that does not necessarily mean that you're oversharing. so I think that for each person it might look different but just keeping in mind that yeah it could be detrimental for all involved if there's if there's too much and whatever is deemed too much in that situation yeah whatever whatever makes sense for your too much right yeah I want to pivot a little bit and talk about um people who are just starting out now um you have like you said you're an independent artist you're very you're self-made in that respect you've put out an album what is something that you would say to anyone listening who is maybe considering putting out their own album or um is or in the thick of it and not sure what they should do next. Um, what is some lessons from the been there done that? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people ask me this question and I think that I've helped a lot of people actually, you know, start, start, start up doing this and, and be able to release music on their own. And I, I, I mentor people basically through this process, like people DM me, people email me. I've had phone calls with people just because I want to be able to be that support for other people. And I wish that I had me to talk to, you know, <laughs> go back then. So I just want to share, you know, a little bit of what, of what it's like. So I think in short, in summary, what I tell them is first of all, the good and the bad parts of being like a public figure, so to speak, because that's something that I think people don't take into consideration um, as much as they should, or maybe they just don't realize because until you're in it, you can't really realize what that's like. But, you know, it could be challenging to, to have your emotions displayed all, you know, all over the world for people to listen to. And whether you have a social media presence or not, even just the songs alone are something that, you know, are very revealing about your, about your heart and your mind and your life. And it's something that you have to know if you're ready for. And I think that, um, in certain ways, I was very ready for it. And in certain ways, I really wasn't ready for it. And I'm always getting ready for it because it's something that is 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 not so simple, not so easy. It's built me a lot and it's given me a lot of strength. Um, but it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always simple. It wasn't always easy for me. So that's something I just want to point out. And it's not to discourage people from going for their dreams. It's just something like, it's like a self-awareness, you know, check that I I just want to, you know, give over to people to make sure that they ha they're they're thinking of that. Um, and I think as for the process itself, just to really, you know, to do what I did, I guess, in the sense of reach out to people who you like their work, um, listen to samples, share with share, try to share your vision and see if you feel like they align with that and they could take that, you know, and produce it to 
to what you really want your music to sound like. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I help people with figuring out how to put things, you know, digital distribution and, and how to get, you know, your albums distributed. Now I know CDs and stuff are not as common. So we'll see. I'm not really talking that much about like the manufacturing CD side, but um, yeah, just really try to help with any like technical questions people might have and just encourage them that, that their, their gift is valuable because sometimes they're really doubting it as they're, as they're creating. They're like, yeah, but you know, you put out these songs, but like, I don't know if I could really do it. I don't know if I could really do what you did. And I, and I say like, I don't know if I could do it, what I did. So, you know, I just, I did it. And it's something that I, that I feel really proud of and feel really strong about. And it's something I want to be a leader in this. I want to be able to show you that this is something you can do. And that was one of my main goals with putting out my music, not just sharing my actual music, but just showing that wherever you come from, self-expression and sharing your talent and your heart and your creativity is something valuable and something that if you want to do it, you know, go for it. And that's what I want to like represent. That is, yeah, I totally get that. That makes sense on every level. And all of those things about, you know, reaching out to people who have already done it and, and all of that. So many people I think are so timid to reach out to people in their fields who may be able to help them. It is the most, like my favorite thing is to talk about fashion and to have conversations like this. So if you want to talk about fashion, shoot me a message and we will schedule a half an hour and we will talk about fashion and we'll, and you know, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. And and take through all of that. And that's the same way how I got started. And I reached out to a couple of people and I actually had one woman who, her name is Yehuda Schwartz. She's based in the Five Town. She has a label called Legally Red. And um, I had bought a couple of pieces from her. And then I reached out to her a couple of months later and said, you know, I'm thinking of starting this out. And she was like, great. I make Shabbos Friday afternoon. Um, I start at 10 a.m., come to my house, we'll make potato kugel and we will talk about fashion and I'll give you the rundown. <laughs> that is so happening. cute. It was awesome. And she really, and she sp- <laughs> we spent like two, three hours together and that's exactly what happened. And she gave me the rundown and, and that was a huge part of how I got started and how I, how I just kept, how, how I knew how to even like, you know, where do you make, get something made? How do you, which factories do you find? Right. You want, that? you don't even know like what your questions are. You don't even know what you like, and it's so confusing. I remember that feeling. And it's just like, and I think it's important as you're saying, people feel like maybe they don't want to, they're feeling shy. They're not sure if, if like, it's okay to reach out to, to people, but you know, if someone doesn't have time or doesn't have the availability, so they'll, they'll tell you so. But I think that boldness to like make connections and to put yourself out there and say, Hey, I see you did it. You did a great job. Please help me figure out, you know, how to do the same. Um, I think it's funny because I also, I spoke to you when I was trying to put out my first um, merch item. So, and I know that you sell, you sell things. And so I was like, you know what, let me ask her how she does it. Let me ask her these questions I have because, you know, so I think everyone learning from each other in, in whichever ways is so important. Like that mentorship idea is something we sometimes, you know, we're very independent in this, like in our society, like, oh, you got this, I got this. Like, no, we can't always do everything on our own. We need each other and we need that support and mentorship and learning from other people who've been there, done that. It's so true. And I think that also, especially in industries that have a reputation, a well-earned reputation, usually for like not being so nice, fashion is not known for its fuzziness. You know, it's not known for its coziness. Um, And that is widely well-earned. But what I also find is that the people who are really successful, the people who um, are really doing well, usually have gotten there by helping, by asking for help from others. And they recognize that and they're more than happy to offer their help. 
they're more than happy to to reach out and to um it you know if you reach out they're more than happy to provide that that help and that i think also yeah. is where you really separate like you that's where you really separate like the outstanding successes from just the people who are doing okay yeah I, I like that i like that i think yeah every person who's doing really well usually i mean unless they were one of the first but usually someone you know they're getting help from someone and and for them to be able to continue like passing that down i guess to other people that need that help it just makes this chain of people who are you know doing something well and you know and and sharing and showing other people how to do it how to do it also and i think it's a really nice thing and it, it makes like a bond in in whatever industry you're in and it's really yeah. important yeah and that's always helpful especially um one of my favorite phrases is a rising tide lifts all ships if we're all in the same industry mm. and the industry is doing well then we're all doing well so i like that, that a lot and that may, that it's so true though like if if online shopping for dresses is doing well i guess what i sell dresses online you know that's something that's gonna help me also so it's it's worth it to help everyone and to you know just from a purely selfish perspective it, it, it's it's <laughs> yeah. worth it to help everybody out that's yeah that's for sure part of it this has been so much fun and so great i, I love know. this just like a, just like a morning such a great morning a conversation i yeah. know right <laughs> Just a great morning chat. Uh, if somebody wants to learn more about you, Nakama, or hear your music, where can they go? Okay, so I have a website, nakamamusic.com. Um, I do post a lot on my social media, on Instagram, Facebook, which is at Nakama Music. Um, and my music is available online wherever you listen to music. So um, be that iTunes, Apple Music, um, Amazon, Spotify, all, all the stuff, all the music stuff, it's there. <laughs> all the places channel as well um so yeah really all the places really all the places yeah just 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 on the on the interwebs uh, i'm gonna <laughs> exactly. link all of that in the show notes so that if anyone wants to listen to it they Thank can you. the last thing that i want to ask you is what i ask everyone who comes on the show to you nahama Cohen. what does it mean to you to make an impact hmm i like that so i think making an impact for me is letting as i said like bringing it full circle letting people know that they're not alone letting people know that they should pursue their dreams and that um you know having feelings and emotions and living life in a rich beautiful daydreamy way is you know is valuable and is something that we can all connect on and um just like connect with each other inspire each other lift each other up and um yeah just really feel understood and known so that's what that's what i want to do with my music that is fabulous thanks for coming on today Nahama. i really appreciate thank it thank you for having me thanks for listening you can find links to Nahama's music on all the streaming platforms in the show notes you'll also find links to at-home activities perfect for quarantine some of which are free all of which are high fashion impact fashion is a line of size inclusive modest fashion right now you can get 40 percent off using code lovely ppe and i'll donate 19 percent of your purchase to help get ppe to our frontline healthcare workers access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com to hear more episodes be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it leave a review or a quick rating they make my day the episode art was designed by michelle moses original music composed by nissan fetman this episode was produced and hosted by me rifki itzquitz catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.